Welcome to the Landmark Church Weekly Podcast. Welcome to week two of the arrival. If you want to stand this morning, let's honor the reading of God's Word. We want to get right into the Word of God this morning. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Malachi chapter 4, or some people call it Malachi, the Italian prophet. Um, sorry, that's my 120 dad joke for the day. Malachi chapter 4 is the last book of the Old Testament. Let me know so I can prepare. 
most of the time, you know, I don't think about the music in the background, but I know that it's usually secular music, country music, or some kind of maybe old, you know, I say classic rock. I'm getting old with the stuff I grew up in. It's now called classic rock. It's kind of embarrassing when you get to be that age. But they, but the, the music's usually secular music, and we're listening, and they're playing Christmas music, and it dawned on me. I told Sarah, I said, much as I make fun of Christmas music, do you realize the witness that is going forth right now? Because here in a place where they normally, they're not anti-Christian, but they don't talk about Jesus everywhere, and you're hearing through the speakers, oh, little town of Bethlehem. You're hearing, talking about God, God in the highest, and all these things, and I'm thinking, wow, what a witness that is going forth. People are hearing about Jesus, sitting, eating. So I love Christmas music for that reason. And one of my favorite songs is what we sang this morning, Joy to the World, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. But then, this is my favorite line, let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart make room for him. Let every heart prepare the way for Jesus to come. And here's the thing this morning, that one of the most important people in the Old Testament, I mean, in, in, the, in the Bible, when it came to Jesus coming to this earth, in an advent, he is one of the chief figures, is John the Baptist. Now, I understand, stick with me this morning, I'm going to get to some good stuff, but stick with me. I understand where he gets his name from. Here's John, he baptizes people, but I'll be honest with you, I think he's more John the because he left in his mother's womb and he received the Holy Spirit and he and he told people he preached kind of hard at people sometimes and so sometimes secretly I'll just refer to him as John the Pentecostal. I'm just kidding, that was a joke. But here's John the Baptist, who is one of the chief examples uh, in, in, in Advent for this reason, because John was the link between the Old Testament and the New Testament. If you read the Jewish, listen, learn something this morning, I learned this this week, if you study the Jewish Bible and, and, the, and what they call the canon of Scripture in the Jewish Bible, the end of the Jewish Bible, the last book of the Bible is actually Second Chronicles. That is the end of the Jewish Bible. But whenever they begin to make our Bible that we follow, the, the people that made that and put the canon together, as we call it, they put Malachi as the last book of the Old Testament because of what Malachi just told us. Malachi prophesied something, and then all of a sudden we turn over to the New Testament, and it begins to happen. Malachi tells us there is one coming, and he is going to prepare the way of the Lord. There is one coming, and he is going to prepare the way of Messiah. And then in Luke chapter 1, listen to what happens. Are you with me this morning? Say amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 13. This is the angel speaking to Zacharias, John's father. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in spirit and in the power of who?
clothes and he's got this long beard and he's got honey in his beard and he's eating locusts and wild honey and he's preaching something but he's doing something more importantly than that he is preparing the way of the Lord and Malachi says that Elijah the prophet is coming and he means that symbolically Elijah had already been but there is one coming like Elijah and when he comes he is going to turn the hearts of the children to their father and the father to the children and all of a sudden John the Baptist shows up and Luke says he shows up in the spirit of Elijah and he begins to proclaim something he begins to say prepare the way of the Lord make room for him I want you to know this morning Jesus wants to visit you he wants to live not just the Bible says in his house it's not a human house made with human hands in other words his house is not something that we can build in longer he doesn't live there but the Bible says heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool but I want you to know this morning besides that Jesus also lives on the inside of us but you know what he wants to make we he wants to make his way into our hearts but we have to make room for him amen here's the thing Jesus doesn't want weekend visits he wants to dwell in he doesn't want to show up on Sundays when you come to church for an hour and live inside of you and just visit. He wants to dwell in you 24-7, but you've got to make room for him. You've got to make space for him. You've got to take your heart, and you've got to make room for what he wants to do right now. And John the Baptist began to proclaim, and he began to say, guess what? Prepare the way of the Lord. Messiah's coming, and if you don't watch it, you will miss out, and many of them they missed it. They missed the opportunity. Jesus says at one point that the prophets would have begged to see the day that you're seeing today because they believed it and they prophesied it, but you were experiencing it. And listen, right now it's easy to look around and to see all the terrible things happening around us, to see death and sickness. I'll be honest with you, I've struggled with this message for this reason today because my prayer the last couple days was, Lord, I just want to offer hope this morning because I have felt the weight of going places and hearing people talk about how the, the last couple years have made them feel and things they're going through right now. And those of you that work in the public, people walk through and they talk to you about things and you feel the weight of what is going on. And it's easy for us to look around and say, Lord, it's difficult. This is not an easy time of the year. For some people, it's the most wonderful time of the year. For some people, it is a terrible time of the year. We miss loved ones. Things have happened. And it is very difficult. And it's easy to look on our society right now and to feel hopelessness and to feel despair and to feel down and to feel out. But here's the good news. Here's the hope we have. Number one, Isaiah tells us that guess what? That even in darkness, those that walk in darkness have seen a great light. The good news is this. I love the way that is said. It says just the word darkness. But when it describes the light, it doesn't just say light. It says those that walk in darkness have seen a great light. The light of God will always outshine the darkness of this world. The light of God will always outshine what is going on around us. And that is our hope today, that Jesus has come. Amen? Why did, why did Messiah come? Jesus. First John tells us, For this reason was the Son of Man manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Why was the Son of Man manifest? To destroy what the enemy wanted to do. The enemy wants to destroy our lives. The enemy wants to stop us. He wants to discourage us. He wants us down and depressed and feeling like life is not worth living. But Malachi promises us this, that you know what? Those that fear the Lord 
we're going to see something happen. We have seen the Son of Righteousness rise with healing in His wings. The Son of Righteousness has come, and He came not to destroy. He came to not to destroy us, but He came to destroy what the enemy wanted to do. But He came for one reason. The enemy wants to destroy, but Jesus came to restore. When I think of healing, He rises with healing in His wings. Because of my background, as far as being Pentecostal, our mind automatically goes to physical healing. And I believe in that. I believe God heals. We believe in laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. I believe God can do it. He's done it in my life, and I've seen him do it before. But I want you to know today, it is not limited to physical healing. I believe today he came to heal our bodies, but he came to heal our souls. He came to heal our minds. He came to restore families. He came to restore situations. He came to restore everything the enemy has meant for evil. God is turning around for our good. He is a God of restoration. He is not a God that wants to destroy things. He wants to restore things. He wants to restore things to us. And we have to have hope today that, you know what, even though it feels like darkness is everywhere, we have seen a great light. And that light, John says, is the light of men. Jesus, the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. His light has been still shining. Amen? Here's the difference. You see, in Isaiah's day, they walked in darkness. And we still walk around with with darkness. But the difference is, they walked in darkness and a, a light hadn't shown up. We walk around darkness, but the light has already come. And we don't have to live in the darkness. We don't have to live with the darkness overcoming. Instead, we can see the light, and we can see the light work in our life, and we can see God bring restoration. And what Jesus wants to do is to rise in our life with healing in his wings. And where the enemy wants fractured situations and fractured relationships, God says, I bring things together, and I will heal. I will do what I only I can do. And right now, we have to have hope. You say, well, Pastor, you don't know how bad it is. I want you to know today, I know that I serve a God that is greater than anything we are facing and that we serve a God who is still rising with healing in his wings and he is still making room for restoration in our lives. Amen? He's a God that restores. He's a God that puts things back together the way they were meant to. So all of a sudden we realize Malachi promises he is rising with healing in his wings. But then it says this about John the Baptist. Let me say this first. Isaiah 11 is an image that I love. It's one of my favorite images about Jesus. And if you read it in the King James, the New King James, it's kind of confusing. It says a root of Jesse, and that doesn't really. But if you read it in, in some of the other translations, it says a stem of Jesse. And here's what it depicts. Yesterday, Benjamin and I were outside. I was trying to, Sarah wanted to do some work around the house. And when you got a toddler, every time you put something up, he, he gets something else out, okay? Some of you have kids, understand. You put one thing up, he gets something else out. So, let's go out. Some of y'all, are, Sean's looking at Gunner saying, you don't have to be a toddler for that to happen, right? Just kidding, Gunner. Sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, I saw you look at him. I couldn't resist. Sorry. If you have kids, you understand that. <laughs> but here's the thing. We were outside yesterday, and we were running behind the house, and they had, they had cut some firewood back there, and there's, there's a tree that had been cut down. And I was looking at the tree. And the tree said, stuff there and the scripture came to my mind because what it's saying is to the naked eye it looked like things were dead out of the stuff of Jesse out, out in other words not the tree of Jesse the stuff of Jesse a stump means a tree was there 
Lord, what you look at is dead. God says, I've still got some life involved. And whenever I get done with it, it looks like a little shoot right now, but that little shoot is going to grow up, and he's going to grow up into Messiah, and he's going to bear much fruit. And what the enemy meant to destroy, God says, I am bringing back to life from that. And I just want to give you some good news this morning. Some of you feel like a stump. You feel like, you know what, everything's dead. Nothing good's going on. Things are terrible right now. Things are not the way I want them to be. But if you'll look closely, there is still a stem of Jesse that can come out of that stump. And God says this morning, I will bring it back to life. I will begin to change things. And I can resurrect things. And I can bring things back to life. Amen. That's what, that's what Advent is all about. It is about us realizing that Christ has come to destroy what the enemy wanted to do and restore everything that was lost in the fall. Do you understand that? Because of the fall, we were separated from God. Sin separated us. But not just from God, from each other. Sin separated relationships. And Jesus came. And Paul says this, that he has broken down the middle wall, that he is our peace, who has broken down the middle wall of separation, that he came today to bring us back into relationship with the Father and with each other. He came to restore so I can walk in the fullness that God gave Adam. He came as the second Adam. The first Adam blew it, but Jesus came as the second Adam. And he did what the first Adam couldn't do. He fulfilled the law. He did everything he was called to do. He goes to the cross and the Son of Righteousness rises on the cross with healing in his wings. The stripes on his back were for the healing of the nations. And he comes and he gives his life and he gives his blood so that we could be set free so that now we are in right relationship with God. He came to restore it. Amen? And that's 
way you're supposed to go even when you don't want to hear those things. And here's the thing. I believe if we're not careful in the church, we have not had many fathers. We've not had people step up. And I believe that's actually genderless because I believe we need mothers as in the church as much as we need fathers. In other words, we need people that are spiritually mature that can show other people this is how you follow after God. This is what you do. Paul said it this way in Corinthians. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after God. You imitate me and you, if, you, if you follow me, you're going to be following after God. And what John the Baptist came to do was to prepare people so that they could see the heart of the Father. Jesus came not only to die for our sins, but he came to show us what the Father looked like. Listen, the Old Testament sometimes seems like God is different than the New Testament. Let's be honest. The God of the Old Testament seems to have some rage and some, you know, just some anger. Boy, he's ready to smite people. And then Jesus shows up and he seems different. And it looks like, okay, is this two different gods? What is going on? And the reason that John the Baptist is important is because he is the bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Matter of fact, some people call him the last Old Testament prophet. And John the Baptist is showing us something, that Jesus came not to show us a new God. He came to show us what God was always like. This is what God always meant from the beginning. This is what God always looked like, that Jesus came full of truth and justice. He came full of grace and truth. He came and he preached the truth and he told the Pharisees, you've messed up your whitewashed tombs. You look good on the inside, but on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones. But he looks at a woman that had never understood grace and he told her, woman, where are thine accusers? She had just got caught in the act of adultery. And then he said, go and sin no more. In other words, woman, you are forgiven. I don't accuse you, but go ahead and live life and quit living the life of sin because I have something better for you. Jesus showed up and he showed us what God was always like. Jesus came to reveal the Father heart of God to us. Because here's the truth. If you had a dad that was very disciplinary, you may look at God and say, I'm scared to death of you because every time I mess up, I'm scared all you want to do is treat me like my father did. And you know what Jesus shows up and says? Yes, God has discipline involved. And yes, God has a truth. But you know what? He does it in a way that makes you want to, to love him even greater. He does it in a way that makes you want to be redeemed even greater. He does it in a way where you don't run from him, but you run to him. And he's a father with his arms open wide. This morning, I was trying to get ready. I'll be honest, I was trying, had my sermon on my mind, and Benjamin was in there trying to play around. And I just was kind of thinking in my head, son, please, this is not the time. And you know what he did? He runs to me, and he grabs my leg, and he begins to hug my leg. I threw down whatever I was doing. He puts his mouth up. He wants to give me a kiss. You know what? I put down everything that I was doing because in that moment, this boy's giving me some affection and I am going to look at him and I'm going to hug him and I'm going to kiss him. I can shave in a minute. I can finish brushing my teeth and get ready in a minute. I am going to give him this attention because he is coming and he's loving. I am so glad that he runs to me and not from me. And I want you to know this morning, John the Baptist came to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. He came to show you today we're not called to run from God. We're called to run, run to God into the arms of a loving father that loves you and cares about you. He's not angry at you today, but he wants to give you hope and life. He has risen with healing in his wings, and he's come to give you hope and life today that life can be different. Amen? Would the worship team join me? I'm almost done. But here's the, here's the key. Here's the key to all of this. And it's what I talked about at first. 
maybe all, all was going to win all the awards or have all the cheerleaders hanging off his arms and that kind of stuff. But you know what that fullback was called to do? He was called to make a room, make room for that running back. He had one job. Remember Mike Allstott back in the day, played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was good at it. That dude would begin to hit people and knock them out of the way because he says, I am going to make room for this running back. And you know what? The running back would go 50 yards. Everybody's celebrating him, and the fullback's laying on his back. But if it was not for that fullback that knocked those guys out of the way, that running back would have never had room. And I want you to know today, God is telling you today, I believe the Holy Spirit works like the fullback in our life. I believe the Holy Spirit pushes things out of the way to prepare for Jesus. But here's the thing, he's a gentleman, and he's not going to do it without your permission. So today, my question is this, are you making room for Jesus to come into your life the way he wants to show up? Are you letting him, he wants to show up with hope today. He wants to rise with healing in his wings. He wants to show up in a way you've never seen him before, but you've got to make room for him. You've got to do it. How do we do that? John the Baptist had one message, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. We repent. We stop living life our way and we turn towards God and we begin to let God work in us. Repentance is not a one-time thing you do to get saved. Repentance is a lifestyle where I'm constantly saying, Lord, I'm sorry for my ways and I want you to be greater in me. Because here's the thing, when I'm following after my ways and I repent, I turn this way and I'm going the right way. But you know what? The temptation is always there to turn back. The temptation is always there to look back. So that's why repentance has to be an active part of my life where I'm constantly following after him. I'm not letting the things of the world pull me back, but I'm going after him. And Jesus wants to show up in your situation right now, what you're going through, in family, on the job, in life. But here's my question. Have you made room for Jesus? Or do you just say, God, I'll, I'll give you weekend visits, and you can come to my situation for a few minutes, but then I'm going to turn it back over. This morning, you have a father that loves you, and he wants to reveal himself to you like never before. John the Baptist came to turn the hearts of people back to the father, and listen, this morning, God is saying, I want your heart. I just want your heart. I want everything you've got, but you've got to give it to me. You've got to surrender. Will you stand to your feet? This podcast is now over. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future messages.